As Christians, we know the best way to know God more is to read our Bibles. This sounds like it should be easy, but we often have a hard time sitting down and actually reading God's word. Most people have hurdles they have to overcome, and that's why I created this podcast episode to normalize struggles and give you some tips to overcome these hurdles. So stick with me as I share with you four common hurdles in reading the Bible and tips to overcome them. Welcome to the Christian Minute, where every week I dive into a topic that's relevant to the Christian faith. Join me as I explore the Bible and share personal stories of how faith has impacted our lives and how practical it can be in any given scenario. Whether you're a longtime believer or just starting your journey, my goal is to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus and live out your faith in today's world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's spend the next few minutes together. I'm your host, Anne Markey, and I can't wait to start this journey with you. Welcome to the Christian Minute Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I just launched my podcast, so before we jump into today's episode, please hit that subscribe button and share this episode with one friend. That will go a long way to growing the show and help me continue to bring you great stories of how practical the Bible can be. Today, we're going to talk about four different hurdles that we can face when reading the Bible. Because as Christians, we all want to read the Bible and pray more, and we know what to do, right? There's Sunday school songs, read your Bible, pray every day. We know that that's how we get to know God more. But knowing it and actually doing it are two different things. And if you're like me, then Bible reading every day isn't easy for you. It's something that maybe you struggle with. Um, And if it is, then it means that there's some sort of barrier keeping you from doing what it is that you want to do. So today we're going to take some time. We're going to talk about some of the barriers. um, And I'm going to give you a few tips of how to overcome them. So hopefully you can have some success later on. And I really hope that you don't feel judged or diminished in any way when I go through these things, because for one, we all go through different struggles when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. I think it's normal. And so I feel like talking about it is really good because we can encourage each other and just know that I also struggle with some of these things. So if you feel like I'm talking just to you, don't worry. I've talked to myself about it first. Um, anything that I say to you is also something that I'm saying to myself. So in no way am I trying to insult anybody um, or make somebody feel like they don't have a great relationship with the Lord. My heart is always just to be honest when it comes to Christian living and to encourage one another to say, yeah, you know what? Sometimes it is difficult. How can we make this easier? The first hurdle is feeling like we don't have enough time. This could be you if you're always feeling rushed. You never seem to have enough time in your day. You don't know what your priorities are or you spend too much time on tasks that don't bring you closer to meeting your goal. A few tips to help you overcome this barrier is to make a list of all the things that you're doing and then reevaluate to see if they are important right now. So for example, every summer, my husband mows the grass on Saturday mornings, but now it's fall we haven't had a lot of rain, so our grass isn't growing. And so it would be a waste of time for him to spend, you know, 30, 40 minutes mowing the grass. So in the fall, he takes that 
off his to-do list. Now, the trick here is if you do go through your routines and you see that you don't have to do something anymore because seasons have changed, the trick is that you want to replace part of that time with reading your Bible and maybe the rest of that time resting so that you're not feeling like you're adding things to your routine and then on top of that, you're feeling more rested than normal um, because that usual task is not on your list anymore. And so these things can be anything from chores or activities with children or family obligations or maybe work, anything that isn't always the same throughout the year, just to think about, you know, does this really have to be done in right now? Can I do this on a day where I have more time? Or do we have to continue doing this right now because the season's changed, right? So maybe you're a gardener and in the summer that takes up a lot of the time of your time, but then in the wintertime it doesn't. So then it's using some of that time that you were doing something else and just adding scripture into that. Have you ever been to church and been convicted to change something, then went home and totally forgot about it? I know I have. That's why I created the Faith in Action Conference, a free four-day virtual event designed specifically for Christian women. This powerful conference will be a deep dive Bible study into Matthew chapters 5 to 7 and parts of James, where we'll explore how to live out our faith in today's world, giving practical advice you can implement that day. You'll hear from inspiring speakers, participate in our conference Facebook group, and connect with like-minded women from all over the world. Don't miss this opportunity to grow in your relationship with Jesus and be empowered to make a difference in your life. You can register now at www.onedeterminedlife.com forward slash faith and join me at the Faith in Action Conference. See you there. My second tip is for you to find creative times in your day to include fellowship with God. So for example, if you're feeling like you have too much to do and there's too much going on and you don't want to add one more thing to your to-do list, what you can do is think of something you're already doing and then add scripture or prayer time to that event. So for example, when I am in the car by myself, whether that's going to run errands or picking up the kids or dropping something off, what I like to do is to turn off my radio and then I spend that time in prayer. So I'm not adding to the things I have to do. I'm just adding prayer or scripture reading to what I'm already doing. I know many people who will listen to an audio Bible while they're doing something else because that works really well for them. So if you're an auditory learner, then maybe it's listening to the Bible while you're doing something else. The second hurdle I want to talk about is distractions. So this is you if you have young kids who don't give you any time and keep interrupting your quiet time, or when you do take the time to read the Bible and pray, your mind wanders, and then you spend that time thinking about everything else you need to accomplish, or your phone is always on and you immediately respond to alerts. So some tips that can help you overcome this is the first thing is to turn off any digital distractions. So I know that on my phone, there's a setting I can go in and I will say, do not disturb. So when that is on, I will not hear the phone call and I will not get a notification about a text coming in. So then those 
notifications aren't going to draw my attention away from what I'm doing. Um, and then once I'm done reading the scripture, I can go back in the settings, turn on my notifications, check my voicemail, check my texts, see what I've missed and go on. Now, if that's even going to be too tempting for you, try putting your phone on the other side of your house, maybe in your bedroom or somewhere where you're not going to be so that when those notifications do come in, you don't even hear them because you don't see them. Depending on how tempting the phone can be will then direct how you can just take that distraction away. Now, if you're like me, when my kids are babies, I really wanted to read my Bible in front of them because I wanted to set the good example, but they would like take out my markers and try to color in them. And it just created so much more stress for me. So the idea of reading my Bible and trying to study it with my kids around just was not good for my mental health. And so I had to find other times during the day where I could have quiet time. Um, and if you've had young kids, you know that when they're young, there's not a lot of quiet time. So sometimes I would do this when they're watching TV or while they were napping. But I know that for a lot of people that doesn't work because certainly when the babies are young, anytime they were sleeping, so was I. But I found that there are always natural parts of the day where they had less energy or were playing happily together where I could have five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes reading scripture without them disrupting me. But there are also times as a mother where there was no time during the day where I didn't have one kid on me. And so that's when I talked to my husband and we decided that, you know, during a portion of maybe it was once a week or maybe more, that he would spend the time with the kids so that I can take that time to be with the Lord alone without any distractions. So I know that that's a privilege and not everybody listening has a spouse or family that can do that for them, or if they do, it's not daily or weekly. Um, but it's really just taking some time to figure out, okay, so if the kids are my biggest distraction, how can I distract them in other ways so that I can spend that time with the Lord? Or maybe you get really good about reading your Bible when there's complete chaos going on for you. I was never able to do that, but if you are, I think that's amazing and that's a really cool gift. Now, the last things I want to touch on are for you who get easily distracted when you're either praying or reading the Bible. And this happens to me all the time. I'll start reading something and then suddenly it'll spark a thought that will go down some rabbit trail. And then next thing I know, I'm completely off topic in my own brain and I forget what I'm doing. Um, same thing happens when I'm praying well, or start praying for something, which again will trigger a thought, which will take me down some other rabbit trail. And next thing I know, I'm not praying anymore. So some of the things that really help me with those is to have a Bible reading plan. So if I do get distracted, I can go back to, to my list and say, right, this is what I'm reading and then I'm doing it. It's a good trigger to remind my brain, hey Anne, you're reading the Bible today. Get back to this plan. Um, the second is having a prayer journal. So that way I can write down who I'm praying for and what I'm praying for. So that if I do go down some rabbit trails and I catch myself, I then don't have to spend all this time trying to think, okay, who was it that I was praying for? What did I pray for them? I just go back to my prayer journal. I say, okay, this is who I'm praying for. And this is what I need to be praying for them. And so it draws my mind back. 
The next barrier I want to talk about is some of this negative self-talk. So this could be a barrier for you if this is some of your thoughts. You feel guilty for not reading your Bible or praying. Your guilt keeps you from trying to reach your goal of praying more or reading more or whatever. Or maybe you've recently sinned and you feel too guilty to enter into his presence and ask forgiveness. Or you maybe feel like a fake or a fraud in calling yourself a Christian because you have some doubts. Now, some tips I have for you to overcome some of this is to challenge those thoughts and challenge that guilt with scripture. So we have a great example of this, of Jesus being in the desert and Satan comes and he tempts him. And Jesus replies with scripture. So the best way that we can fight the lies that Satan likes to throw at us is with scripture. One of that is Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So if you're feeling like you don't belong in God's presence, there are many verses that say otherwise. And so the lies that the devil throws at you may be different than the lies he throws at me. And so you can spend a few minutes and figure out what are the specific lies that he's telling me and what's a verse that contradicts that, that tells me exactly God's opinion so that I can fight back with the word of God. The second point is kind of along the same, the first point, you want to challenge something with scripture, but you also want to challenge it with truth. Philippians 4, 8 say, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I encourage you that anytime you have some negative self-talk, whether you're putting yourself down, whether you're making yourself feel like you're not worthy enough, and those thoughts are just filling up your mind, let that be a trigger to remind you, no, I need to remember the truth. What is good? What is just? What is lovely? And this verse really is a really long way of saying, think about the Lord. Because he is all these things. And anytime we think badly of ourselves and we look down about ourselves, we can come back to the Lord and think about him and he'll give us a proper view of what's happening. And I find just these two things are an excellent way to challenge those negative thoughts that we have and then encourage me to come into his presence. And then I realized like he is such a loving father. Even if all those negative thoughts are true, his love and his sacrifice have taken those all away. So in his presence, he doesn't see those things. He sees the sacrifice Jesus made for us and that our sin has been taken away. And so it's just giving us the mindset of Jesus when he looks at us and what he says about us and not what we say about ourselves. One thing that I heard recently that I thought was completely brilliant is speak to yourself the way you would speak to a friend. 
So if a friend is going through a really hard time, you're not going to turn around and say, oh man, you're a fake, you're a this, you're a that. No, you would never do that because they're your friend. But we say that to ourselves because we feel like that. And so it's just practicing giving yourself grace, speaking truth to yourself the way you would speak to a friend. Um, And I just thought that that is a complete game changer, that we can just encourage ourselves the way we would encourage a friend. The last barrier I want to talk about is this lack of confidence. So this is you if you believe that you can't truly understand what the Bible says. You think that maybe only scholars can study the Bible and you don't know all the Christian language and are afraid that you will ever understand it, or you feel like you don't belong and you're not good enough. So when any of these come into your mind, I have a few tips for you. First is remembering Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 saying, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is just a long way of saying nowhere in this does it say that you have to have a certain IQ or a certain understanding or a certain position to be in the presence of God. That regardless of who we are, when we come through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are all accepted into the presence of God and we can come into his presence with boldness because we stand on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and on his merit, not ours. I also want you to remember three things. I want you to look at who God met with. So think back through all the stories in the New Testament and who he met with. So he met tax collectors, lepers, sinners. Then I want you to look at who he chose to be his disciples. So again, there was a tax collector, fisherman, a doctor, And then I want you to look at who he called out to. He called out to women, to children, minority groups, the sick, the outcasts. So Jesus interacted with all these people. Nowhere in scripture does it say that you have to be good enough to see Jesus. What you do see is Jesus spending time with all those people who were sick with sin. If Jesus can meet with lepers and sinners and prostitutes and the lowly, then he can meet us too. And that when we read scripture and says, God so loved the world, the world includes us. There is nothing that can separate us from the Lord's presence. And he's calling us to come to him. And so we don't need to know certain things that he calls children and, you know, middle age and elderly people. He wants all people to come to him and know him. So now I'm going to give you a few action steps. Number one, 
I want you to take a few minutes and to identify your number one stumbling block. If I did not name it in the four, make a fifth stumbling block and then let me know about it. But what's your number one stumbling block? And then I just want you to take a few more minutes after that and to make a plan to overcome that barrier. So like I said, if your biggest barrier is distractions, what is the specific distraction that's hurting you? How can you decrease that distraction so it's not going to come in your way anymore? And this sometimes takes time and it takes practice. So I don't want you to get discouraged. This is just, I want you to spend a few minutes just to think about that. And last, I would love for you to join me at the Faith in Action Conference, a free four-day virtual event designed specifically for Christian women. This powerful conference will be a deep dive Bible study into Matthew chapters 5 to 7 and parts of James, where we'll explore how to live out our faith in today's world, giving practical advice you can implement that day. You'll hear from inspiring speakers, participate in our conference Facebook group, and connect with like-minded women from all over the world. Don't miss this opportunity to grow in your relationship with Jesus and be empowered to make a difference in your life. You can register now at www.onedeterminedlife.com forward slash faith and join me at the Faith in Action Conference. But I hope you know that everything I create and everything I do is to help you have a thriving and growing relationship with the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you've had some insights as to some of the hurdles that maybe we can be facing that you figured out which specific hurdle is keeping you from reading the Bible or praying more regularly. And hopefully I've given you at least a start of ways to think about how to overcome some of these. If you have any questions whatsoever about the different hurdles people face and how to overcome them, please let me know in the comments. I would love to continue this conversation. Thank you for joining me today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with a friend. Join me next week as I share with you five tips and tricks to make time for Bible study. For links and information about the show today, click over to my show notes available on my blog at www.onedeterminedlife.com forward slash podcast. I look forward to continuing this journey with you next week. Until then, may the Lord bless and encourage you.